podcaster. I hardly know her. Help! Meet Megan Bryant. She's an entrepreneur, a single mom of four young kids, a comedian, a super energetic improv trainer, and an award-winning author. Megan is passionate about creating happier, healthier human connections through humor. This podcast dives into all sorts of topics that tackle personal growth, professional strategies, and sharing positive messages to build up the communities around us. Each of us can make an impact. So keep in mind that you don't have to be a big deal to do big things. Thank you for tuning in. This is the I Hardly Know Her podcast. And here's your host, Megan Bryant. I feel like there are fewer things in the world of business that are more satisfying than a successful collaboration where multiple skill sets by two or more people are brought to the table to create something mutually beneficial that is really something that adds value to the world around us. This is a conversation at my kitchen table with my business partner, Jenny Q, as we talk about um, our experience with a recent collaboration on a business that we launched called Improv Video, where we merge improv insights with live streaming technology and techniques to build individual brands and small businesses and essentially taking your product and services as far as the web can connect. So a uh, uh, global, dare I say. Uh, but this was just a fun opportunity to regroup and reflect on the reasons why collaboration can be a really exciting and rewarding thing. And it's a real honor for me to be able to work with someone who is so dedicated and just a real uh, awesome part of my life anyway. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And here is to collaboration. I am really excited about this episode because I have been in a collaborative project for several months now with not only a good friend of mine, but someone who has very complimentary skills to the type of stuff that I love to do. And so today's episode is just you guys getting to step inside the kitchen of Megan Bryant while I talk with my very talented, very smart, charming, awesome friend and business partner, the one and only Jenny Q. <laughs> but a bump. <laughs> That's the sound that you get when there's a joke. Oh. And I ain't joking. This is a great. All right. Well, then thank you. Thank it wasn't was even, awesome. it wasn't even as robust of a introduction as you uh, so rightfully deserve. Well, thank you. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, no, so let me go on. She has an award-winning book. She's got like a top-selling Amazon book for live streaming. She's a speaker. She has global connectivity with her live streaming universe of awesomeness. Anyway, and she's a really amazing human. So thanks for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. I love every time we get to hang out. So I'm excited to be here. What's fun about it, there's a lot of things. One of the many fun things about it for me is that we have learned to have an output of product and have fun. Like, isn't that what everybody is hoping for? And it's pretty much a magical dream. Yeah. Yeah. That came true. Right. Yeah. We've, so we've known each other for several years. And admired each other in our individual efforts right. of things that we're working Absolutely. on. Yeah. Um, and I've been a guest on your show. You've come and played in my world. Yep. And 
And then one day, and I can't even remember exactly what the culmination was, but at some point we finally sat down knowing that we wanted to do something. Right. And then we're like, <gasps> boom, it's Improv Insights married with live streaming for entrepreneurs, small business owners, or really specific industry experts to expand their reach with the magic of live streaming. Right. Right? And it's like, how how is this not so obvious to us? us before years ago? I don't know. I feel like I feel like what happened was we each had to be on our own journey to bring what we currently bring to the table. Yeah. Like it maybe maybe one or both of us weren't ready before that time to sit down and go, oh, here we go. And one of the things that I love about working with you on improv video is that uh, we come together for creating the best possible outcome for those that we serve. Mm-hmm. And there's zero ego attached to it. Yes. And we're, it's not about, this is my idea, this is my idea. Well, how come we're using your idea again, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's about how do we make the best product and who has the time, effort, resources, skills, talents to execute that portion. Yeah. It's not even about you know, uh, whose idea it is, who's doing more work or whatever. How do we make this the best possible product? And sometimes, you know, while we've been working together, sometimes you have more bandwidth and you do more. Right. Sometimes I have more bandwidth and I do more and we don't keep track of it. It's just like, we're just getting it done. Right. Yeah. I love it so much. And we've talked a little bit in the past about thoughts on trying to collaborate with other people are merging other ideas in the past. And I know for me, I'm really guarded with the way I teach stuff because Mm -hmm. improv is a, is a big, um, you know, there's a lot of people who teach improv. There's a lot of different ways that it's taught and primarily in the space of, of performance and whatever. And the way that I feel such a responsibility for serving people through powers beyond the stage Mm -hmm. with the improv is something I'm fairly guarded about because it's sort of been hijacked in the past. Like people who have experienced a workshop and then suddenly they integrate some of my verbiage or my lessons into their other space and whatever. So being able to get into a mode of collaboration is a kind of a scary commitment. Like how do we, or how, how have you in the past ever examined like what might be a, a good fit where someone is going to match you and right. bring that same level right. to the table? So I have entered into several different collaborations that didn't, didn't quote work and I'm doing air quotes because they work because I learned lessons from them Mm. and I learned what to watch out for moving forward. So that's fine, you know? Um, but what I've learned for me, whenever I take a step forward with someone in a collaboration is I play ping pong with them. Mm. So we may have an idea and then I'll ping and take the first action and then I wait and see if that person is going to match me mm. and pong back. Mm-hmm. And then it's a game of ping pong. And what has happened with you is it's a great match. We constantly have a great match, right? Mm-hmm. So same effort, same energy, same focus, same work ethic, all of it. Now, in the past, I have actually 
Uh, it's funny, we're, we're recording a podcast right now because I actually had an idea to, to collaborate on a podcast with someone. And I will tell you, it looked so good up until the day before launch. If you can imagine, we had recorded so, like I want to say 10 episodes, right? Mm. And something went so wrong, like so wrong with our communication styles mm. because we had covered we had covered the uh, terms, the contract, everything for execution. Mm-hmm. We had covered it. Mm-hmm. And then the day before launch, right before re- recording, um, this person uh, wanted to change it. And I was just like, <gasps> I can't work that way. Like Ooh. we have all this momentum going here and you just blindsided me before we're about to launch and you want to renegotiate stuff we had already decided long before. And so, uh, I just, I just, you know, instead of reacting from an emotional state, Uh I just said, let's put this on, on the back burner. Let's postpone our launch and let's both take a break and think about it. And then with that, we were able to come together, have a conversation and, um, this person owned their part Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, you know, owned my part and we agreed it wasn't a good collaboration and we were able to part as friends, which is very cool. Mm. And we were able to agree on terms of what the content was that we already created. So it ended well, it worked because I learned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, um, but that's one example of a collaboration that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Mm -hmm. And, was it painful? Yes. Was it expensive? A little bit, you know, but I, what I gained from it was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. How important. So I haven't really like specifically collaborated on a ton. Like there's been little offshoots of like a certain comedy show or a whatever, like on a small, like isolated basis, I guess. Not anything with a recurring, potentially ever expanding brand. And for me, a lot of it is a very um, personal connection Mm -hmm. level Mm -hmm. that I know that um, the way that I function is so, to some people, it seems all over the place. Energetically, I'm very big Mm -hmm. and the ideas are big and sometimes I throw them out as large as possible and then we have to kind of rein them back in. But if I don't feel like it's a safe space on the personal level that it's like absolute trust so that I need, I need to be able to sometimes work through that. Yes. How, I mean, how vital is that? Do you think, this is a question maybe, but not only for both of us, but do you think that that happens in business in general where people have such a trust personally that they can also flourish professionally or is there a separation of those two? Well, I would have to say it depends on individuals involved, but I do know that, the people that that I step into that arena with, it has to be, it has to be, there can't be a separation between personal and business. Yeah, yeah. Because we are human beings first and foremost. And if we don't treat each other with the respect of a, as, as another human, then I don't care what we're talking about. We mm. could be talking about business. We could be talking about, you know, housework. We could be talking about grocery shopping. It doesn't matter uh, for me, the the respect has to be there. And I agree with you that the trust is vital because if we try to separate our personal selves from business, and I'm not talking about boundaries. Of course, we have to have boundaries. And of course, we have to have, you know, our our work hat on when it's time to work. Right. Um, but, but we don't go through 
uh, anything in our personal life that doesn't also affect our business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's where you were heading with yeah, that. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. I think maybe my brain was heading that direction because I think a lot about the teams that I get to work with when I'm doing improv in like work workplace environments, especially some of the stodgy is not the right word, but people that just feel like they're in a certain industry where personal connection is not encouraged or having, Mm. um, like you're supposed to check your, your life at the door and, and be treated as if we're not actually humans because we're at work. And that's the most stifling energy imaginable. And so some people will look at like what I do and just think, what freedom there is to just be in playtime and be able to be as silly and bold with whatever the heck I feel like talking about in front of even like a corporate audience, which is true. It is absolutely awesome that I get to do this. (laughs) And yet that's like my whole objective is like, how can these teams work together if they don't have that human connection and that trust? And so sure, it's playtime, but when I get to come in and let people sort of lighten up the vibe a little bit, um, I can't tell you how many times I've sat there and you see the heads nodding from people when you're talking about those human connections Mm -hmm. and how vital it is that we have the freedom to invite humor and um, a little bit of the silliness into the workplace so that we can have those moments of release from the the grueling work sometimes that we're expected to do. And sometimes I think about it because we're in an entrepreneurial space that we get to just be nimble and weave and bob and create something whenever we can work it into our schedule. But there needs to be that really collaborative human vibe really in any workspace for a team to even be successful. I think my brain just kind of (laughs) totally, it banked over to the right here because part of what I love doing when I get to work with you is that we are helping other people expand that message yes. for whatever their sweet spot is, whatever industry they're in, um, to bring more of that lively, connecting humanness to whatever industry they're in through live streaming and using those improv nuggets to be more confident about their individual deliverable and overcoming the self-conscious stuff that we have because there's just so much that we guard ourselves with in life and in a corporate space and and not feeling like maybe we can be free to collaborate fully because we might get shut down we might not be valued and respected so all of the i guess all of these things are sort of becoming tentacles off of the original (laughs) hub of i didn't even know where we're gonna go i was like let's just push play and let's Let's see play and go no totally and you know i actually think that corporate america is heavily leaning in the same direction Mm -hmm. you know some of the biggest corporations internally are talking about how they need to embrace authenticity and transparency as the leaders in the corporation and allow that same space for all of the employees and team members and all levels of management and everything and so it's vital uh that if you're going to say that you want authenticity and transparency. I mean, people are messy. Mm -hmm. We don't come, you know, in a nice, neat, tidy little package. We have emotions. We have people that we love who are sick and they're dying or maybe we're sick Mm -hmm. or maybe we're going through something emotional or, you know, challenges, struggles, financial, so many things. Mm -hmm. We're complicated and messy and 
and and in order to embrace that you do have to have a safe place yeah yeah a safe place again with boundaries you can't just be a hot mess yeah. you know but yeah allow allow that space for people to to process life for sure there is a lot of buzz around like wellness mm -hmm. in general too which i really like that that's happening anytime i'm in like a big group or even small groups but generally in a in a larger group you can tell that pretty much any statistic that exists is also probably relevant in that group. So if you're talking to a corporate audience, maybe of 50 people or 500 people, those statistics of however many people have have or are currently struggling with a mental health issue, mm -hmm. people that have, you know, there's a statistic of one in four boys and one in six girls or is it the other way around will have been sexually abused as a child or um, people that are addicted to any myriad of things yeah. in the world right any of those statistics that exist I just try to keep very aware that those things are relevant in any audience that Absolutely. happen so even if people are not really able to speak up about that they still hopefully will be able to recognize and be empowered by the fact that that is really happening in everyone's world in mm -hmm. some capacity to be gentler with ourselves and others and to hopefully overcome the things that block us from working together to be successful. Any company that is huge and successful has enlisted the help of a team, right? no doubt, right? internally and externally with partnerships they might need in the community or their legal teams or whatever, all of these different elements. It's all collaboration and it is the best when it's the right match, right? Oh my gosh, my brain is just like so so many dots connecting of like why this is important personally and on large scale and one-on-one -on -one type of partnerships personally and professionally. One of one of a uh, one of the the best phrases that I've ever heard of for collaboration. It was I think it was an accidental phrase and it was um Jason Fry uh who is uh, with um, donor by design, he was being interviewed by Jennifer Lastra, who's the CEO of 360 Immersive, and he they're they're collaborating mm -hmm. on a project, and he he was talking about how powerful collaboration was, and he said it's really good for collective betterness. Mm. And then and then we you know everybody laughed, and he said hashtag that collective betterness, like that's the bottom line of collaboration, right? Yeah. So in spite of all of the struggles and all the statistics you named and all of the messy, complicated life, yeah. when we come together in a, in a place of trust and safety and uh, serving, then it becomes collective betterness. Mm, I love that so much. I know. It's a good phrase. I, yeah, it totally is. I love thinking about the ways that we can just carry that energy with us. That re there really is, sometimes I struggle, I, I mean, I probably struggle just as much as some people other when we're looking at other people who are in our same line of work or whatever and feeling like maybe we're not hitting the milestones that we wanted to by a certain point in time or feeling like there's some inadequacies or whatever. And yet there really is anybody who is still willing to put their nose to the grind to mm -hmm. truly serve one another in the space and work together to win as a collective, there's room for success for everyone instead of being like, there's not enough for all of us. If that person has a success, then that's stealing from my success. And that's, oh my gosh. 
Not, there's so much. There's so God. such an abundance of anything that we mm-hmm. could ever possibly have desire for or yeah yeah and it it truly is when we can come together and say here's how we can work together to make it even better right yeah that's That's powerful yeah that's one of the many reasons I like to work with you because there is I know that it's an energy of of mutual respect and appreciation for each other's skill sets yes a grand vision of a long-term way to help each other succeed yes. and to highlight each other really with not only that our skills are complementary, but being able to really be champions for what other people bring to the table mm-hmm. that we also can, you know, for me, it's an ego boost and I can make you spit take by just being <laughs> so funny at the kitchen table, <laughs> but just having all of the layers of needs met mm-hmm. and, and not not blocking the potential. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, what This is shifting gears a little bit. What are a couple of your favorite things? Because you're a live streaming expert, right? You've been doing this years mm-hmm. on multiple platforms. You've right. done countless live streams. You've been able to step into whatever. I have two questions. How did you ultimately find your voice and how you want to be, how you want to live stream as Jenny Q? Okay. How, what was that process? How did you find okay. that voice? And then just what are some of the things you love the most about the opportunity that exists in our world of business and beyond because of live streaming? Ooh, those are good questions. Yeah. I like them. I may Thanks. not remember them. I'll help you remind them. So okay. we'll start with finding your voice. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. So I started live streaming on Periscope in 2015, and it was not my thing. Although I loved it, and I was fascinated, and I became addicted. <laughs> I was obsessed with it, and I and I tried doing like this really weird, because I wanted to do something with meaning. Yeah. So I did this daily accountability for working out. And I would hop on a live stream and say, if you worked out today, just hop on and tell me and I'll cheer for you. It was really quite Uh, lame if I do say so myself. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) But but I was doing something, Mm -hmm. right? I was still putting myself out there. But I was watching so many other people do their live streams. And it's like they knew exactly who they were already in the space of live streaming. And it wasn't until I saw another platform, which no longer exists. It was called Blab. Mm -hmm. And... um, then I then that's when the interview, I was just like, oh my gosh, I could start interviewing people who've demonstrated excellence in their field. And I never had ever wanted to do interviews before. So if I hadn't taken the first action of live streaming, mm-hmm. which then led me to another live streaming app that had a totally different interface that I saw and then had that intuitive hit to do interviews, right. I would have never known. So then even within that realm, it took me a long time of taking action and doing it over and over and over again to settle in on what style of interview I like to do, what types of guests I like to have on, how did I like to promote it, how did I like to repurpose it, all of those things. Mm-hmm. It took time, a lot of time. Uh, I was doing daily interview shows, daily. Mm-hmm. That was so much. <laughs> I know. Very I know. cumbersome. <laughs> I know. I know. Coach my clients. I'm like, if they want to do daily, I'm like, could we start with weekly? Would you be okay with that? Because daily is a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're already busy. Like, you're, like, come on. You're not just sitting around hoping to fill your time. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so, so in any arena, 
I would, my whole thing is take action mm -hmm. and then make course corrections as you go. Mm. You'll get the clarity by taking the action. If you wait for clarity, it is not going to come because you're still sitting in the same space. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't care what area that's in. If it's fitness, if you want to get healthier, if you want to make more money, if mm -hmm. you want to live stream, if you want to build your business, if you want to have better relationships, take action. Yes. Make course corrections. Ugh. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. And to reinforce before we answer your second question. Yes. Because I've done a couple episodes sort of touching on that using yes and as Ooh. a way to fail faster. Love it. Uh, and to be in that ready position because if you don't just start, you can't find out what you don't like. Absolutely. And the same as finding out quickly, ooh, I really like that. I'm going to keep heading that direction. Absolutely. And keeping yourself just in that forward trajectory or not even necessarily forward, just in motion so mm -hmm. that you can do the appropriate steps to fine tune what your ultimate vision is and how to get there. And, and to that point too, it... I don't know anybody in any uh, in any capacity that has found their nirvana where they said, "Oh, I've arrived now." It's a journey. Right. Settle into the journey. Yes. Yeah. Settle into the journey and just keep looking forward. And one of my favorite stories, and I actually share this in the book because people uh, people just want to know how to live stream before they even know how to live stream. It's like you can't do that. So we're going to take the first step. Right. So there is this. So I, I shared this story in my book. And if we have the time, I'll share it now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's one of my favorite stories. It's about a little boy who lived on a farm and his dad told him to take something to the barn, but it was nighttime. So it was dark. And so the little boy said, I don't know how to get to the barn. It's dark outside. Right. And so the father handed him a flashlight and said, use this flashlight, go as far as you can see, and when you get there, you'll be able to see farther. Right. Yeah, so it's that ah. analogy of just take that first step, and when after you take that first step, then you'll be able to see the next step. Exactly. Yeah. I love that so much. Ah, oh, so good. Um, is that, that's in this book, the leverage live streaming. Yes. Okay, leverage I'm going to pull Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to officially plug that when we get to the end here. And of course I will link it in, in things for people to, uh, use that as their flashlight as they Aww, want to I love that. launch into live streaming. Okay. So the other question, talk to me about how you view live streaming as, as like a portal for potential for people to grow their brand, grow their business, right? expand their reach, all that good. Okay. Good so, stuff. so video in and of itself is so powerful. When I started in uh, digital marketing in 2007, I started my company. Uh, it was websites, SEO, you know, blog posts pretty mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. And then by 2012, people were asking me, can you teach me how to do what you're doing with social media? Mm. And they would invite me around the, you know, just the local uh, businesses and, and organizations would say, can you come teach social media? And inevitably, the question was, what's the ROI of social media mm. in 2012? Mm -hmm. And I said, the ROI is you get to still be in business in five years. That's the ROI. Mm. And they would look at me like, ah, I think it's a fad. Like most people thought it was a fad I then. I know it, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh -huh. But now I say that same thing about video. Uh -huh. Video, the, invest, the ROI is you get to still be in business in five years. Yes. The reason for that is number one, it's 82% of all content online now is video. Number two, regardless of how your potential customers or clients find you, 
they're researching you online. So mm-hmm. I don't care if they're referral. I don't care if it's Google. I don't care how they found you. They're researching you. And all other things being equal, the person who has video on their website, mm-hmm. on their Facebook platform, on their LinkedIn profile, they win. Yeah. Because, here's why, because it increases the no like, and trust factor. Yeah. And you get to see who they are. And live streaming takes that up even another notch because people know, even if they're not watching you live, mm-hmm. if they see that it was recorded live, they already know that it was not edited. So whatever they see mm. on that live video is who you are without any post-production. Right. Yeah. So there you go. It just was like the no like and trust factor on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting as we do the, this program because the, the initial launch of our program with Improv Video is a nine-day intensive. Right. And it's no joke on the word intensive because we expect people that join our, our um, program to sink their teeth in and actually engage and do things that will benefit their business. Right. And it's, it's always interesting to just listen to the types of feedback, the blocks that people have in themselves. They're still hesitant to buy into understanding why this is so important to be able to, to just hit the record button and then quickly adapt as you need to, to make sure that it's true to your brand and that your messaging is great. And then of course, merging it then with my little fun improv insights to help people recognize exactly what you just said. It's unedited. It's life unedited. So when you can't go and do that post-production, having a little bit more confidence in knowing that you still are the expert of your own experience. Absolutely. Um, and owning that through some of those tools that we teach with those improv insights is just so, it's not only um, effective, but it really makes it more empowering and fun when you're delivering stuff in that that slightly better space of of um, knowing you are an expert mm-hmm. in your own experience. Right? And, and to the point of the power of live streaming, it's very effective in business whether you have a local brand, mm-hmm. a local company, or if you're looking for an international reach, mm-hmm. because. It keeps you on top of mind awareness with whoever your potential client is. Right. But if, but if in fact you do want to go international, you can't beat the connections that you make with live streaming. I mean, when I think back of my journey, I'm like, how did it happen that I have a digital marketing company in Boise, Idaho, uh-huh. and I start live streaming, and within two years, I'm an internationally recognized number two live streaming expert. Mm-hmm. And named on Inc. Magazine top 10 digital marketers crushing live video. Right. Like, how did that happen? It happened because I showed up and I kept doing it. Yeah. And I kept making course corrections, right? Yes. Consistency. Yeah. And it was live streaming and I was building real relationships with people. Totally. Yeah. It wasn't just, hey, here we are. It's a two-way street. On live yep. video, it's a two-way street. And so the power and the opportunity is there for every single business and brand and human, whatever it is their mm-hmm. message is business, product, service, it's there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The key is keeping it, keeping it real, keeping it consistent, just being true. I love when people are like, Oh, how do I do it? So that like asking what their deliverable should be as if they're serving the expectations of the unknown from what our viewers are. It's like, just be you and the right people will follow the right things will start to unfold and so many good things. 
So, okay, on the home stretch here, um, if you out there are interested in understanding some of the mechanics behind live streaming, um, I highly encourage that you follow along with, of course, both of our adventures. Um, but uh, Jenny Q has a book that you can find on Amazon that is Leverage Live Streaming to Build Your Brand. Um, start, master, and monetize with live video. And it, it gives you everything you could possibly need to know from square one into early stages of really knowing how to get things rolling faster. If you aren't live streaming right now and you have a business, like I, I highly suggest you giddy the crap up because <laughs> come on and don't, oh, don't overthink it. Like whatever feels right for you can be applied in, totally. into the way that you live stream. Absolutely. Um, so, so just lean into it. Um, you know, if you want to build your business, if you don't, then just disregard. Maybe you haven't even listened this far into the episode. <laughs> So I just want to button it up here um, and to thank Jenny Q for joining me on my podcast. I've wanted to have you on for a while, not necessarily knowing the exact stuff I wanted to talk about, just knowing that having you in my space is very um, inspiring and motivational because we can have fun and build something incredible and knowing that the genuine interest is to give people tools to be the best version of themselves as quickly and effectively as possible um, and to kind of be cheerleaders for people along the way too, to really see that when people do show up and really start trying, they're doing way better than they probably think they are. So much. We just have to get out of the headspace of like massively critiquing we are ourselves. Always so much. Yes, always. So much. Uh, but just to hopefully inspire people maybe a little bit through the energy of, um, of being able to do a podcast where we're here side by side uh, rallying on the potential of things that we get to do together with improv video, which of course will have a lot of different deliverables for people who are absolute beginners, for people who are really looking to level it up and whatever else unfolds here in the next year to 18 months, we're busily scheming ways to serve people in their businesses and to, um, also, I mean, I keep saying it a lot, but like, we're like, Ooh, we don't use the word fun a whole lot when we talk about business. <laughs> But I thrive the most in business when I feel so comfortable with the people I work with. Yes. And, and luckily my brand is fun. And so I get to really lean into that. But um, just thank you for the inspiration that you bring to me and allowing me to shine with the stuff that I love and uh, bringing that skill into a, a perfect relationship with what I get to offer in the scope of improv. It's just an honor and a, t and a ton of fun. And has reinforced how important it is to work together with people who have shared vision, shared passion on really trying to do business well and, and, um, and supporting other people in the journey, however that looks. Yes. You know? Yeah. Huh. Well, and thank you. I mean, thank you for all of it. This is a, a just, we're just getting started I know. and it's already been one of the best collaborative experiences of my life. Same. So yeah, thank you. It's, and it's because of all who you are and what you bring and what your values are. And you just are back to authentic and transparent, you know, you bring all of that. So thank you mm -hmm. so much. Absolutely. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you listeners for uh, coming along on the journey of the I Hardly Know Her podcast today. We would love for you to follow along if you want to get involved uh, just to see what we have going on. You can join our free Facebook group that is called Improv Video. It's all one word, I-M-P-R-O-V 
IDO, improv video, and we've got some fun tidbits that we put in there and some different things that are rolling down the pike here. So uh, join along if you want to see other ways to interject improv into your business space and of course uh, involving the magic of live streaming to expand your reach for your brand, uh, whether that's personal or a, a business that you work for, there's room for all of that goodness. So Thanks for taking the time, and thank you again, Jenny Q, for being such an epic collaborator. <laughs> and sometimes on the weekends, an excellent karaoke partner. <laughs> and that's thank for another you, podcast. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. You can follow along with all of Megan's shenanigans at meetmeganbryant.com. I'm Sean Hancock with RecycledMindsComedy.com. <laughs>